Welcome to Sudbury Scrub, a 40k podcast for the Sudbury community, season 4, episode 12, and I keep on losing my recording for going over core units and all kinds of fun things, so you know what? Screw it. You guys don't get to hear my thoughts on core units. Not yet. It'll happen. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll super quickly sum it up. I think you're going to have C4, uh, core is going to cause forces to kind of split into two. So on a battlefield, I think your army, your opponent's army, you're going to have two sections, one section that is going to be going and trying to do a take and hold style approach to try to grab objectives. And another portion of the army that goes out in skirmishes with the intention of just knocking opponent off of spots and killing things. Uh, and there we go. That's the real long, that's the real short of it. So, uh, on to, though, the topic that I really want to discuss today, especially because chatting last night with Austin and Ken and Aaron and re-looking over the results of Saltfest uh, and knowing that Saltfest 2020 was the one where a lot more of the newer players were involved, kind of realized that, hey, we have an opportunity here to really discuss um, managing the clock at, a, at an event. And it's something that really only comes up for tournaments, because in casual play, you're not worried about the clock. You just play for as long as you want to play for, and it's just fun. <laughs> and I know for myself, if you give me the opportunity to use five hours in a game, I'll probably use five and a half. Like, I will. I take my time. I enjoy the game. You know, I'll have a beer. I have a drink. I have a, you know, chat back and forth about ideas and stuff like that. And it's it's that social part of the hobby that really draws me into it. I love the competitive scene. I love narrative play. I love all these things. But at its core, the game to me is a chance to get together with people, which makes it very hard right now. But um, that is a, a, a really big part of it. And so, just don't kill me, people. <laughs> um, yeah, and so when you go to a tournament and you have to have a clock, you have to be able to change into a different kind of mindset for what you are going to get done. So let's go ahead really quickly and review the basics because I'm sure a lot of folks aren't very familiar with what happens with uh, clock using, uh, using uh, the chess timer. Now the chess clocks are really easy, so long as you have a smartphone, you can have a chess clock for free. Uh, it's easy to find a bunch of different ones online, uh, sorry, on, on a web store or whatever, and again, they'll likely be for free. I, I'm sure the one that I have, or at least the one I had, I don't even know if I use it anymore, is for free. Uh, if you get the ITC Battles app, which again, something I hugely suggest doing, because it is just so great in so many ways. Well, one of these ways is a chess clock is built into the free software. So, and I say free, like you get it and it says, oh, you have to log in. You don't, you don't have to create a, a user or anything. You can sign in as a guest. I did end up creating a user and I'm still using the free version because then, you know, I think it tracks the information better um, and it doesn't forget it and it doesn't, doesn't seem to cause as many errors. When you play as a guest over and over, for some reason I find it doesn't, it's not as happy a system. But uh, yeah, like you get these 
uh, there's a chess clock built into it. So what happens in chess, chess clock play is whenever it is your uh, action, then your time should be running. And when you are completed with your action and you are not continuing any action, then you hit the time over to your opponent because it is now their time to have action, right? As soon as it is your opponent's chance, uh, chance to make decisions, to roll dice, anything like that, the action should be on them. So here's a very brief example. Say it's the psychic phase, right? So it's your turn. The action should already, uh, if you're, you know, at the end of the previous turn, you kind of ask your opponent, you know, is there anything that you want to do? Click. Nope. Click. Like, it should be that fast. Like, it should, they should have, like, one second. Click, click. Something like that. Maybe not even that. It, you know, like, your opponent has no psychers, so you know that's not going to even come up. You can just, you should then just keep it on your own clock, right? Um, so on your turn, you go, okay, well, so it's my psychic phase, right? Click, and, and, and it's on now. Okay, well, what do I want to do? Uh, okay, I'm going to start with this guy here. He is going to be manifesting smite. I need to get at least five. Roll the dice. Okay, I got an eight. Do you wish to deny? Click. Oh, goes, hmm. Yeah, I think I'm going to deny this. Roll the dice. Okay, I successfully denied it. Click. You know, just, there you go. That's the kind of back and forth that should be happening. That click, 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 click. It should it should go back and forth routinely, and you got to be on it. You got to be uh, understanding what's going on. When and when you're doing that, you'll see that the big cost-eating part of your turn is waiting around to make a decision and rolling the dice themselves. So if you can reduce the amount of time that you're waiting around for a decision. It's really good. So when the clock is on your opponent's time, you really have to be trying to think, what am I going to be doing once it gets back to my action? Um, so if it's if you are waiting for your opponent, because it's your opponent's psychic phase, and you are looking to deny things, so you got to be kind of asking yourself, what's really important for me to deny? Um, who is going to be denying it? Who's within range? That way, when they pass the clock back to you, you're not... Who's in range to deny? I take out my measuring stick. I check here, I check here, I check here. Hmm, I've got five guys that are in range. Which one of them do I want to deny? Well, oh, who else is in range? Oh, here, check here, check here. Oh, yeah, I could go over with those people too. Well, I think I'll start with over... Oh, no, I should start with over... Okay, I'll start with these guys. Let's go ahead and make the deny roll. Okay, and oh, and I... Geez, it fell off the table. Let me pick that up, roll that again. All right, there we go. That, and that's honestly fast, kind of talking about it in that way. That, because I'm actually skipping real dice rolls, and I am skipping real measurements. And even then, you kind of hear it. That's just like, oh my god, you're going through this step, and this step, and this step. And that's those are real things you are going to be doing during the game. So really, when it's your opponent's like, okay, it's my psychic phase, and they're making the decision as to what to start with, you need to be checking your ranges of your denies at that time because right now you're on your opponent's clock your opponent is, is your the player that's making the decisions the player that's waiting to roll dice the player that that's the action is on it's their time that that's being used so 
try to identify what your next thing is going to be so that when it gets to your turn, all you have to do is announce and roll. That's it. And that's what you want to do the whole time like that. I just take a quick look at my little kitty. Oh, she's doing good. Yes, I have my cat with me in the car right now. She just got spayed yesterday, and I have to keep her with me just to make sure that she's, you know, not doing anything wrong, because of course she will. So that's, anyway, so that's how quickly back and forth things need to be happening um, on the clock. Now, there is, of course, some etiquette for this, right? Um, if you're going to be taking, um, if it's something that's really just a, a quick yes or no, you know, you may not even want to kind of not knock it back and forth. Um, that's okay. That's something that you'll end up quickly forgetting. If you're really, really, really on the clock, it is noticeable, but that's not necessarily a bad thing either. Like, I don't know. I, the way I see it, anytime there's action, anytime there's a dice roll, you use the clock. Now that's using the actual clock. How can you actually speed up your gameplay in other ways? Because you may not want to have a chess clock for every competitive match. There are lots of competitive matches I've had that I don't use chess clocks. Where have I used a chess clock? I've used a chess clock usually when I'm the, the person that I'm I'm sure is going to be the culprit. Uh, I bring Gene Stealer Cult for a lot of my games. And there's a lot of models. And there's a lot of decisions. There's a lot of placing things down. I have to be... Uh, when I'm playing Gene Stealer Cult at a tournament, I like to run with a clock because chances are I'm going to be the one that's causing problems on the putting things down. Uh, other things that really eat up the clock is rolling things that actually don't matter. You probably would have heard Aaron talk about this during our um, episode where we were kind of making our predictions for Saltfest 2020. And he was saying, hey, you know, uh, was it not Connor? Um, not Dan. Tyler. Tyler Borman, I think it was with his Astra Militarum saying, Tyler, you know, uh, consider not actually rolling the dice for a unit's attacks. Just move them and do the move, move, move order so you're not actually wasting, you're, you're still doing something with the unit. You're not just giving up the shots. But effectively, put yourself in situations where you don't have to roll. Because we all know guardsmen, the big thing about them is they get a million last gun shots. Well, it takes a long time to roll those out. Like, even if you know, even if you do it perfectly, and what do you normally get? I think the average result of a squad of these guys firing, you know, at, at regular range is like one wound on a Primaris Marine. Not even, like, you don't even kill a Primaris Marine. It's the, and that's the average, which means there are lots of times where you do nothing. And they're, that's balanced out by the fact that now and then, you might kill a Primaris Marine. And so if you shot all nine, all nine of his 10-man squads, not counting their heavy weapons, right? just shot all those last guns, you would probably kill, not even kill, you would probably uh, deal four and a half wounds <laughs> to a squad of Primaris, which means you're not even killing that whole squad. So 
at some point, you may just want to be in the situation and just say, you know what, I'm, I'm just not making attacks with these guys. I'm just not shooting. There are attacks where you are legally, which you are legally required to make, like close combat attacks. So you cannot choose to not pull your, uh, to not fight. But you can choose to not shoot. So, uh, I know for my, again, looking back at my Gene Stealer cult, I just don't. At a tournament, I often don't even shoot my Neophyte's guns or my Acolyte's pistols, because there's no point. The weapons are so weak, and the amount of damage I'm going to deal to my opponents is so minuscule, that it, it just it just doesn't really... Like, my time is actually worth more, because if I run out of time, then my, at, my army stops, and my opponent probably just wins. So I gotta be, I gotta kind of some, sometimes I gotta sacrifice that. Uh, what are other big things that you can do? Um, so this is one that, again, you have to be careful on because there's, it's, if you do this, you have to, again, kind of undercut yourself. When you move your models, I like to do, what I like to do is I like to move my front model, and I like to move the back model, and then I like to try to kind of fill in the rest of them in between so that it's in something of the same pattern and I won't move my front or back model the full uh, the full movement value of the unit I, I will cut myself short by half an inch or an inch if I need to move quickly because then if I'm off by a little bit I'm still within the movement value of my unit and so, really, there's no reason for my opponent to say, hmm, I don't think you measured that right. So that's kind of, the, that's one of the things about that. If you want to, you want to be able to move your models quickly and legally. And if you measure every single model in the unit, especially for big armies, you will lose a lot of time. So that's, that's one of my neat little tricks, because it's easy to... If you measure exactly six inches, it's easy to accidentally move six and a half inches, 6.25 inches, anything like that. But if you move five inches and you end up moving five and a half inches instead, and your maximum movement is six, well, then you're, you're a-okay. Then it's not an issue. Yes, Leela, did you say something? Oh, you did. I don't, I don't know if you guys will hear that. <laughs> um... So they, that, that's definitely one of the ways of doing things. So uh, there's there's two things so far, right? Is try to have an idea of what you're going to be doing on your opponent's time. So when it gets to your turn, you already have your decision made. And try to um, move your stuff more quickly. Lastly, you want to try to improve your dice. Um, oh, again, same thing. On your opponent's time, measure things out. Have that plan in mind so you're not measuring... Oh, Leela. So you're not measuring um, later in trying to figure out what it, you are and aren't able to do or what your, your plan's going to be. Um, for dice, there was a Games Workshop app, and it got, it got pulled. But it was a phenomenal app that lets you just kind of like flick your phone and it rolled a bunch of dice. Now, a lot of people are not comfortable with dice rolling apps because they are worried about them being hacked to 
be better. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. Like, I, I get that. Uh, however, personally, I think if somebody's doing that, then you also kind of got to be the same level of suspicion of people um, doing, uh, what's it called, uh, weighted dice. There, there, I've... I understand that there are ways to even take regular dice and to weight them. I think it's something to do with, like, what was it? Putting them in a microwave for so long or heating them up? Something like that. Don't do that. I don't even know. Number one, that's probably dangerous because a lot of these things are plastic and who knows what kind of toxins you're going to release doing it. Don't do this, okay? Even if you wanted to cheat, don't do this. But there are other ways, right? There are people that, that you can buy. You can buy weighted dice. Like, if somebody really wants to cheat, they're going to do so, right? So, in my mind, um, you know, the, the Dice app is the same thing. Yeah, you would have to reprogram the Dice app. Um, you would have to, in my opinion, get the app approved through the TO. Make sure that the TO sees the app. They get a chance to roll it. They get a chance to, to look, at, look it over and abuse it if it's... Uh, Hopefully it's an app that you got online, so that's something that, you know, you can read reviews on or something like that. These are ideas that this is what you should do if you're, you're intending to bring an app. And not every tournament will allow those apps. But if you have an app and you are an army that rolls a lot of dice, these apps save time. These apps save a lot of time, especially when you're like orcs or tyrannids and you regularly roll... 90 dice at a time. That's a lot of dice to be rolling. Um, but let's say, man, so you use this app and you don't actually have to pick it up, right? And when you just hit click, it rolls them and you immediately have your results. You don't even have to count it because it gives you a count on it. So there you go. You, you just, you have that number faster. Now, if it's, if you're rolling like 10 even 20 dice at a time, this app is probably not going to give you a whole lot of benefit because there's um, the amount of time it's going to take to input the information and to roll it and to get the information out of it will probably be longer than just picking up the dice and rolling. So I would still recommend have dice with you. But for those really big rolls, it is so, so helpful to have a dice rolling app that can take care of these things for you. Um, speaking of dice rolling, another way that you can improve it is to have some kind of container that holds a specific amount of dice. So the little Chessex dice cubes and stuff, really fantastic. What you can do is, if your army tends to always roll a certain number of dice, plus or minus a couple, uh, then all you have to do is get that dice container filled up and roll it, and you're good. And that works really well when your army is regularly rolling uh, 30, 30 dice. Because then it's just uh, pick them up, put them in, roll. Pick them up, put them in, roll. Something like that. Uh, and you add one or two, or you add five, you add or subtract five from, from it, and you are in a good position for getting those dice rolls done quickly. At a team tournament, and that's something that we're going to look into for next year, Aaron and I are probably going to try to run a, a, a team event, which for all you new folks in town, you will love team events. Oh my God, they're so much fun. But 
obviously they are they require close proximity for a lot of players over an extended time not a safe way of doing things right now but when things are safe enough again to do them this is something we gotta do folks and the twins used to host it they're not in the hobby any longer to host it uh so aaron and i will likely pick up that mantle and during a team tournament you have a coach on a team now a coach doesn't play Although they can sub, they can sub in for a team member should a team member not be able to attend or not be able to play. Um, so they can sub in like that. All they can do, and they can't even advise on games um, during the match. All they can do is kind of go around, tell you who's at what points, tell you we really need this. They kind of push you, and that may not sound like much. Believe me, when the day comes, you will love your coach. Make sure to have a coach on your team. It is so great. One of the other great things that a coach can do is get dice put together. They're not allowed to move models, but they can get your give you little piles of dice. <laughs> this is the most I ever hear you talk about. Yes, Leela, I hear you. I hear you. We're almost home. We're almost home. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we had Tyler during our first team tournament uh, Tyler Sonier he was our coach and he just went around to our different tables and made little groupings of 10 dice so that when we needed to roll it was like 10, 20, 30 bam I've got however many dice I need and that, that's a fast way to roll dice then so he actually improved all of our clocks, even though he wasn't really involved in the games. So that's another way that you can, again, if you have time on your opponent's clock, group your own dice like that too. That's another way to save yourself this time. So you do, um, another way for moving models, some people use uh, model trays, especially with the new Apocalypse trays, if you can get some of those. Uh, very, very, very helpful, especially now with uh, coherency working differently and, you know, also having the close combat uh, working differently. These little trays are very helpful for keeping your units together and within an inch of a model that would be within an inch of enemy models uh, for fighting. And then you can just move the trays around, especially because they come in like little five-man groupings. So that still gives you that ability to kind of move them around and fiddle with them a bit. Um, they can be very helpful. Now, the only thing I find is that for, um, if you are a horde player like myself, maybe now that the rules are different for how like you keep coherency, these will work better. In past editions, I found that these trays weren't really that great because you would naturally do all these weird movements with your uh, unit because it was just so helpful to be able to stretch out in different ways. Can't really do that now. So now that you have to be really tightly, you have to more naturally be tightly packed together, um, these trays actually may be even more helpful for helping to move big armies of guys. So again, something to consider. So that's it. That's the episode today. I hope you uh, learned a lot for helping to manage your clock. Um, you know, 
I, again, the biggest thing is going to be for planning your turn before you actually have to do it, right? And then that'll get you into that mindset of being on top of things. As you improve on your game side as well, where things, that's where you hear a lot of players say that they need to kind of develop like a muscle memory, is because that muscle memory for doing the right action and the right moves and stuff like that is incredibly important for managing your time where you just know what to do. You don't even have to think about it. You just go, ba, 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 ba. I have my models here, here, here. Okay, now I'm doing this, now I'm doing this, and now I'm doing this. And they go through it and they use, they uh, end up finishing their games on time. And so that, uh, and lastly, actually one last point, if an army takes too much time for you to play, you should have some practice with your army where you don't um, have your, where you have yourself under the clock and you see, you know, how well you manage that time. And if you aren't, if if that army honestly isn't managing your time, consider not bringing that army to a tournament. Aaron and I, we do have it on our, on our um, uh, document saying, please bring an army that you're able to complete a game in the appropriate amount of time with. And there are lots of armies that don't. So consider if that's happening to you, maybe don't bring that army. Maybe that army is, is not the right thing for you to bring because you're not giving yourself or your opponent a full experience in a tournament timed setting. So there we go. That's the episode. Thank you so much for listening. This is Sudbury Scrub saying keep on wargaming and keep scoring those primaries. <laughs>